people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm zach mccoy and it is your boy trev and we are your oscar grouches and welcome back to the oscar podcast thursday show acting director where we take a look at the filmographies of oscar winning actors who decided to take their turn behind the camera and what are we watching this week zach this week we're watching the brie larson directed unicorn store where a struggling artist focuses on her future while Reconciling her past and searching for unconditional love. <laughs> Excellent. This is everybody's first time watching Unicorn Store. <laughs> it is. Also mine. Hmm. I wish it wasn't. Yeah. We'll hmm. get into that in a minute. Uh, but uh, Oscar firsties. Yay. All right. So uh, that being said, before we jump into Unicorn Store, Zach. We got to get your uh, thoughts on Jack Nicholson's The Two Jakes. The Two Jakes. I'm back for a Zach attack, but I have no snack. Only code red tonight. Two Jakes. So, mm, here's my short story. I watched the first half and I did not like it. Paused, went to bed, got up, drove to work. Listen to you, your guys' episode about the two Jakes and your your warm reception convinced me to go back and watch it the second half. And I liked the second half. I um I have I have problems with movies that are in the same cinematic universe, but that they're tonally different. I it feels it feels even though it just came out in 1990, it feels like a 90s movie where Chinatown did not at all have that same kind of vibe and and i you know try not to judge it too much but it is a sequel and it has parts of chinatown in it and it's reference and same characters and everything so going into it unfortunately i it was had that stacked against it um but i felt in the second half there were some some similar camera work and the film kind of slowed down and panned back a bit to kind of match the vibe of chinatown and that was good i i really liked the last act it brought it up I had it at two stars <laughs> during the yeah. first half. And uh, watching the whole movie brought, up, brought it up to three stars for me. I well, I guess that kind of shows my hand on my rating there. Um, I think Madeline Stowe, which I've seen her in other stuff and she was fine, but I think she was really bad in this movie. Most of the people in the first half, I don't know if it's Jack's fault for not pulling out better performances or reshooting some scenes or something, but even like I felt like Harvey Keitel wasn't even doing that great but maybe it was partly the way he was playing the character because he was great in the final act, I felt. Um, pulled out a lot of emotion there, and Meg Tilly was wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, I I think the main problem with the movie was the dialogue was not wonderful. Chinatown has an impeccable script and screenplay. The, the dialogue there, it pops and snaps, and here it, it was, like, too long-winded. The narration, he would, like, say things... He could have stopped like 
30 seconds before and he's just like repeating stuff but in different clever ways of trying to say it and i know it's the same screenwriter and everything so maybe he's just trying to recapture his mojo or whatever some of that stuff you don't really know if it was even in the script or if it's just jack jacking off doing his jacking off (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um yeah that's that's where i was at i i didn't like it but then i came back because of you guys talking about it and i ended up enjoying myself i really like the poster for the movie too it's kind of got cool vibes it does have cool vibes yeah i like a nice hand-painted poster Hmm. the i will say the poster makes the movie look cooler than it actually is (laughs) it's fair now i uh i'd seen some maybe it was you guys talking about and i was thinking about a review i was reading like the same kind of problems like with going south where it's like Jack's too focused on himself or something like the way he looks and the way he's filming himself. And it, it just, you know, comparing it to Chinatown again, it just doesn't live up to that pedigree. Yep. And like, like Paul said, Godfather three type thing. If, if the, and Trav made the point that it's kind of good that it was called the two Jakes because it, it can kind of be watched on its own. If you don't have, if you haven't seen Chinatown, you don't need to, to watch this movie. Yeah, um, they give you all the context from Chinatown that you need. Yeah, without it being the most important thing. So somebody could watch this movie by itself and enjoy it. Yeah, because it meant nothing to me when I'm watching. <laughs> like, yeah, but Chinatown's one of my favorites. It, I'm, you know, we talked about Dick Bag Polanski, but he had some talent there. Yeah, that's what they say. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, you got anything else? I do not. Well, then let's, uh, where's the sitting on your Jack Nicholson ranking? Let's see. I think it's my number two. I'm looking at my rankings. I think I gave going south three and a half stars. Uh, I did. So this is my number two. Nice. With three stars. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, let's get into Unicorn Store. Unicorn Store! (laughs) Do not have an Oscar breakdown. Netflix didn't run this for anything. Right, I get it. Yeah. I don't really pick up that vibe on the watch of what this kind of movie is. Yeah, you know, not everything has to be. Right. Nominated for Oscars. It's definitely not something I think Netflix... It's one of those films that Netflix kind of uh, bought, released, and moved on. Yeah. I'm actually pleasantly surprised on how good it was being her first film. Yeah. And really not having like this luxurious career, neither, you know, up until this point, like, like obviously like the room and, but like our generation, like she's really known for like Scott Pilgrim, maybe. Yeah. All she does is make like stuff in movies. She's never like the gal in a movie, you know? And and for, for me, and we'll we'll get into uh, a little bit of her background here. Uh, for me, the the big thing I remember her from first was um, United States of Terra on Showtime, mm-hmm. where she plays Tony Collette's daughter, and like I immediately fell in love with everyone on that show because that show rules. Mm. Uh, it was the moment I knew that I would never not be in love with Tony Collette. <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah she's she's excellent on that show it leads to a like i said uh scott pilgrim comes out like during the second season of that show and 
she she's got the piv- like a pretty pivotal role in that as uh, Envy Adams. Definitely has the best song in that fucking movie. No offense to Beck. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, uh, it it she starts getting uh, smaller things like a uh, short term twelve, which is uh, by Destin Daniel Cretton, who of course uh, would also go on to direct her in Just Mercy, mm. and would uh, go on to direct Shang Chi. But uh, if you haven't seen Short Term 12, it is a beautiful film. It has a stacked young cast that has all gone on to do incredible stuff. Uh, I remember that being on one of your top 20 lists. Yeah, it was like my number two or three that year. It's mm-hmm. It should have been nominated for all the Academy Awards. It's incredible. Um, yeah, and then as you said, Room uh, in 2015 is what garners her her Oscar. And it's this crazy. Is- the th- I forget that she's like an Oscar winner. Yeah, mm-hmm. ah, uh, yeah. So she wins an Oscar, and it essentially gets she, her this film to direct. Is she the only MC? Is she the only Avenger with an Oscar? Oh, hold on, start naming Avengers. Chris Evans, obviously, no. Scarlett no. Johansson, no. Scarlett Johansson's been nominated, and I think was nominated twice in the same year, but she hasn't won one. Yeah, Robert so. Downey Jr. has been nominated, nominated twice. Chaplin and uh, Tropic Chap- Thunder. Thunder, not one one. I don't know. Chadwick's uh, been nominated, but Rod, Chad, yeah, should be Oscar nom. Uh, Hi, Oscar old winner. white men yet again. <laughs> yet again. <laughs> I don't know why I can't even think of Avengers. I don't. I've said it. I'm. I'm. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm sitting here trying to like. Samuel Jackson's been nominated, but hasn't won. Well, Samuel Jackson has an honorary award now, right? But he didn't win a competitive award, which is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think she is the only Avenger with a. Maybe that's why they didn't yes. like her when she came <laughs> on the set. Like, she go come in here with her Oscar. This is bullshit. Yeah, because I, I'm even thinking of like non-Avengers people in the universe. Yeah, that make like you know, like like who's the? Oh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on Ant Man. Paul Rudd. No, no, no. Michael, uh, Doug- Michael Douglas Michael Douglas has two Academy Awards. Okay. Well, one okay. for acting uh, for Wall Street and one for producing One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. There we go. But That's still right. the only Avenger with a, right. with a uh, Oscar. But yeah, Michael mm. Douglas has one. So Yeah, I'm just going to keep I'm going to keep thinking about this throughout the show. <laughs> I, it's 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 probably true. But no, no, it's just a wild thing to say that. Yeah, no, like there's so many uh, nominations amongst them. Mm. None of them, you. obviously, for the Marvel movies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there could have been one. Could have been one. Could have, would have, should But they ain't. All right. Uh, so that's that's our Academy Award winning actress, uh, Brie Larson. And Brie. This, this is her movie, Unicorn Store, in which she casts Joan Cusack and Bradley Whitford as her parents. Yeah. What a year, too, for Kong Skull Island she was great in. Mm-hmm. The, the Glass Castle's okay it's not not great not bad right she's good in it i've never seen basamati blues never even heard of it actually but it looks good i haven't seen that either yeah it looks pretty good so yeah uh, she's she's out here the film what a kind of a year basamati blues filmed in 2013 yeah uh but this movie how do we feel about this movie this movie yeah, I guess I'll 
started off, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Like, this is a cute film. <laughs> I love the vacuum cleaner presentation. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Absolutely wild. And I love that they were like, nah, we'll go with the hot chick and the <laughs> vacuum because it's like. That could, that could be me vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> Just really good. I hate that whole "oh yeah, you changed our minds" <laughs> type thing. Um, the re- the realism of it. Um, I love her parents, not uh, as actors. You know, like they're cool as actors, but I mean, as yeah, her they're parents, her they're really, the characters really of her. Yeah, parents. the characters. Um, I love how they're like, yeah, dude. We know they've been lying. <laughs> you know about these campfire stories, the truth circle. Like, duh, we know they've been lying. Have you heard the outlandish shit they say? <laughs> but then to turn around and be like, they're lying, but those lies are like so much better than what their actual, actual lives are. Right, yeah, and, yeah, for and sure. then they go into how bad all their lives suck. And you're like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn. Some of that shit was dark too. It won't know. So dark. <laughs> I um I had a laugh just in the opening moments or minutes of this movie because um, the morning before I watched this movie, I'd been in a meeting um, where a group of us were discussing a summer camp and they were like, we need to do something that has a rope course. <laughs> and for them to like, they come out and talk about their camp and they're like, oh, we've got the rope course for the gangster kids or whatever they called them. I was like, what? Gangster kids? <laughs> So it's just ironic. Funny timing with that. Good timing. <sighs> yeah, uh, this is a film that I uh, I relate to way way too closely, and I don't like it. <laughs> I like the film. I don't like how closely I relate to it. Mm. It hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have mixed feelings about it. To be honest, I don't know. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I I. I think it its tone is off. I think I would have liked it better if it were a little more targeted at a younger audience. Like, I feel like we have a lot of, uh, what did I call this here? Um, weird, stunted growth adult children. Uh, uh, like, everybody in this movie is like a weird, stunted growth adult child. Except for maybe her parents. I don't know. But, I don't know. I, it gave kind of those quirky indie vibes, which was nice, but I would have liked to seen it targeted more at like tween age. Cause maybe it's just me being a imagination killer, but she feels too old to be still wanting the unicorn. I guess that's the point of it though, but it just didn't feel so believable I, or something, but I, I guess that's, I, no. I, I, I guess it's more because I don't see the unicorn as, the unicorn there you go there that's yeah. literally what i was about to it's, say the unicorn isn't the unicorn like because we see we see that that montage at the beginning of her as a child being right. celebrated for being creative and being celebrated for having an imagination and then we're immediately thrust into her adulthood where she is being told that her imagination and creativity is a negative yeah so she is essentially, you know, regressing to her childhood as a means to save the fact that she is an artistic soul in a very black and white bland world. Because, yeah, like they show that that art 
installation or art class that she was in or whatever. And everybody else has the like real charcoal self portraits and they're all dressed in drab clothing and, mm-hmm. and she's standing in front of a wall and a white smock and is covered in all sorts of different colors. And then she's getting kicked out of art school because she's too creative. Yeah. Um, and she's not following form and function. She's not, she's not coloring inside the lines. Mm-hmm. And that's a detriment to her. So she wants to go back to a time where she was celebrated for the the color that she has. Yes. And so the unicorn is just kind of like the big prize for being the creative child. Yeah. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, look, we built this for you to give you a unicorn. Like she wasn't asking for a unicorn before that. But as soon as somebody presents her with one. As soon as somebody says, hey, you you deserve the thing that you were promised, mm-hmm. she clings to that because she doesn't feel like she deserves love or is given love the way that she needs love. Gotcha. You know, yeah, they revisit people- they revisit that multiple times in the film, even at the end where he's like, bro, I'm, I'm not here because I have an obligation. I'm here because I like you. And she's like, dude, you don't like me. You know what yeah. I mean? She can't fathom, you know. Dude, I'm I'm 30 and I got nothing to show for. Why would you like me? Yeah. Yeah. I can't I've, provide you with anything. Yeah. It's I've I've been with my wife for 18 years and been married to her for almost eleven. And it it still boggles my fucking mind how that woman loves me. <laughs> but I keep her around because she keeps promising me unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have liked the ending better if Virgil hadn't come in and also seen the unicorn. Like that I, makes I loved that and I actually started crying when he walked in the Me room. Too. Okay. <laughs> because oh. again, you're you're thinking of the unicorn as too much of a real thing. Like, yes, there was a unicorn in this room and she saw it and she talked to it, but the unicorn is an abstract thought. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not what is being presented to you on screen. So he's, he's not really seeing the unicorn. He's seeing like essentially her soul. Yeah. Yeah. And realizing what it, that she has, like she's, she's, I like all that. I don't think the movie says that though. Cause he's like looking at it and smiling. Like there's really a unicorn there. This is what yeah. I think. I think, I think the movie is like, a really successful pop song where the metaphor is blatant and in your face. And mm-hmm. maybe Zach doesn't like that. You know, he <laughs> likes it to be shrouded that, that, in this deeper well. meaning, but maybe a lot of people have a problem that it questions the audience's ability to think about the deeper meaning. Cause they show it to you and they're offended that you showed me the, you don't actually have to show me the unicorn. You know, I mm. I would have got the the metaphor and the simile if you didn't show me the unicorn. <laughs> but since you showed me the unicorn, you fucked it. And <laughs> I really, from reading reviews, I really get that vibe from a lot of people that somebody said, well, not somebody, because multiple people said it's too childlike for adults and too adult-like for children. That That's my problem with the tone of it, because I feel like it'd be a great kids movie, but then they like throw in random bad language, which I know, Paul, you don't give a damn about the language, but like, 
random came up bad and said, language and they say like minor curse words it's like well it was throwing fuck well when i pulled up um netflix it said tv 14 i'm like but i don't know if it's actually rated pg or if it's pg 13 I, I think I it's 13 remember. that's Which, what i hate about because they say shit a few times so right that's that, what i hate I think about the tv rating versus a movie rating it can yeah. get right. real complicated between the two um yeah because if it didn't go through the mpaa then it wouldn't have gotten a an official rating yeah but no i i'd say it's pg-13 because they say shit a few times right. which puts it in the pg-13 and i think this is a film more geared toward teenagers not tweens but right but like people who are about to become adult. adults yeah. and go out into the world and you know this is it, it's the kind of film where where the idea behind it is hey look you're not going to feel like an adult when you become one and nobody's going to teach you how to navigate this world. So that's okay. And you're going to figure it out. And there are people out there who are trying to help you. If you just listen to them when they tell you that they're trying to help you. Yeah. <laughs> Which they allude to multiple times. Like when she's mad at her mom, not wish she die. Cause she made dinner and he's like, you wish she died cuz she made you dinner like what like you know, yeah. you know what i mean um did everybody watch this today no i watched it yesterday okay same right without the risk of coming off sounding tone deaf or anything i don't know there's something i guess about watching this on trans visibility day for me when mm -hmm. i watched it mm -hmm. that there's just a lot of correlations between just wanting to be seen pretty much the movie is just her wanting to be validated and seen yeah. And kind of watching that on Trans Visibility Day was a cool thing, you know, that I could relate it to for, you know, people in those predicaments. Um, you know, like I said, I can understand where some people are coming from with the two adult for children, but I think Paul hit the nail on the head with the, it's really for like 14, 15, 16 year olds that maybe are going through that weird transition of, Time to start picking out colleges and what do I yeah. really want to be when I grow up? Well, yeah. Now it's getting serious now. Yeah, you're 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 barely you're barely into high school and now it's time to decide exactly what you want to do for the rest of your entire life. Yeah, you don't think yeah. about it, but <laughs> when you look at it from an outside source, you're like, damn, it's like they're they're grooming you for adult. Yeah. I mean that, <laughs> for that's adulthood. what it is. Yeah. I know. From down to the date, the it's schedule so of a weird. school day. It's so weird. Yeah. And nobody realizes, I guess, the kind of pressure that you're also dealing with puberty and all these things. And then on top of that, yeah, you got to decide your life now. Because if you don't decide it now, it's going to be hard to catch up. And actually, the more we talk about this film, the more I actually like it even more than I originally yeah. saw it. Because maybe it doesn't say what it's trying to say the best. But um, I like what he's trying to say. Yeah, it, I, can get, I can get behind it. It might not be a hundred percent successful, and the the meta, as you said, the metaphor is pretty plain and it's pretty right up front. Uh, but there's, you're also talking about Trans Visibility Day, and I was talking on the last episode uh, on yesterday's episode about how uh how I've been doom scrolling a lot, and maybe this was just like a shot of positivity that I needed because the world is shit and uh <laughs> yeah it and for 
the runtime of this movie, the what ninety something minutes, ninety two minutes. I just felt like you know maybe maybe hmm. maybe something could be okay. And yeah, when she comes in for the presentation, oh, you're wearing a costume. Costume. This is this is how I dress. These are, these are my clothes. Because you know, she's finally just being herself, you know. And yeah, yeah. But also, um, what's it called? What's his name? Mamadou. Yeah, uh, Mamadou Athi. Why isn't like I love Black Box. I love Archive Eighty One. Both are just tremendous series on Amazon and Netflix, respectively. And he's great in Jurassic World. Um, mm. He was great in Underwater with uh, Kristen Dunst. No, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, what's Kristen her name? Stewart. Stewart. Thank Kristen you. Stewart. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Dude, he's great. Like, bro, this guy is great. How is he not in more stuff? He like, should be the lead of things. He Dude, is, he's so great. And he's so yeah. sweet in this movie. He's sweet he's, pretty much in every movie. Like, he's yeah. just a sweet guy. Like, He's he's wonderful. More Mamadou. Yeah, more Mamadou. <laughs> and he's got a great name like Mamadou. Yeah, like instantly recognizable. Mm-hmm. And he's handsome as fuck too. Like Absolutely. I like I like seeing this guy on screen anytime he pops yeah, great up. Smile. Yeah, great smile. Mm-hmm. Banks would be happy with this man's smile. <laughs> you got a great smile. Uh <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. Do you want to shit on it some more, Zach, before we roll on? No, I, I'm, I'm not going to shit on it. I, it <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it, and I don't think it's bad. I just There's things I'd change about it. I I don't know how old her character is supposed to be, but I would have aged her down a little bit and maybe put her as like a senior in high school who's tr- dealing with trying to... No, I, I like her. You change the whole, uh, the whole thing of the... The plot line of the movie. Well, I'd, I'd yeah, change I, the the workplace to um, um, maybe like she's a freshman and failing there, and she still has the same pressures. It's just that. Looks like I'm gonna be honest. That movie don't sound very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I like I mean, her. It exists in other places. Like like the problem is the 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 whole point of her character is that she's a creative soul. She's she's the the square peg in the round hole. Hmm. Like she she's too colorful and creative for the world that she has to exist in. And nobody seems interested in that person, but that's who she is like as mama do damn it. Yeah. And so the three people in her entire life who are like, I like that person. She pushes them away the most while she's trying to, while she's trying to succeed at the things she wants. She thinks everybody else wants her to succeed in. Then I would change the tone of the movie. Cause it feels the, I- Whatever. It feels too childish to me for her to be uh, 25, 26 years old or whatever. But I guess maybe that's the point of it, too. I, I think I think she might because she's in an art college. She's I think she's supposed to be a little bit younger. And originally she didn't want to play this role. But uh, Samantha McIntyre, who wrote it, insisted that once she came okay. on as director, that she also needed to star in it. OK, I think it's a great call because I think it's a perfect character. Yeah. For Brie Larson. So I think she's supposed to be playing younger. And I think the fact that she she seems like she feels younger. And as you're saying, the tone feels more childish. Uh, like most most art schools are only like four years. So mm-hmm. she's she's supposed to be like 22 tops. OK. And your brain doesn't stop developing until 25. So science, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's still developing. Or it's done, and I'm fucked. I think I saw something about men reaching maturity at 40 or something. So <laughs> I doubt there. that, to be honest with you. 
I don't see me being any more mature at 40. I'm, I'm going to wake up in 2024 and suddenly just be a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, with Milan in the background. <laughs> uh, well, that's it for me. I'm good. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some worsty judgments. Trav. Yeah. Versus sitting on your Brie Larson rankings. Brie Larson, this is at the top of the tippy tops. Um, Nowadays, you don't get to see her play a lot of fun characters. You know, Miss Carol Danvers over there. So Mm -hmm. it's cool to see such a weird experimental kind of movie that maybe isn't your average film. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was great cast. I thought everybody was casted really well. Everybody did a fantastic job. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the writer's first screenplay. I believe um, so I guess you can kind of see that and some of the complaints that are being brought up. And, uh, you know, maybe this screenplay is a love letter to herself about things or a daughter, you know, a loved one in their life. And who am I to kind of come in on that topic and shit on it zachary mccoy so you know um (laughs) so yeah no i really like this movie i gave it four stars i think this was one of the highlights of acting direct for me so far um it's probably in my top six of movies we've watched so far and we've watched a good amount of what is that four eight twelve twenty films so yeah wow. yeah uh, much better than howie barry's attempt at a film <laughs> i thought it was much better than jack nicholson's attempt at a film and yeah brie larson did much better than most of the men on this list so her and regina king killing it right now killing. so more women directing film please and thank you all right zach where's the sitting on your brie larson record? it's in the middle i'll stick it in the middle um, no, I'm just going to say uh, <laughs> that used to be my showering song. For some reason, it would always come on. My, I had a clock radio in my bathroom. Uh, it would always come uh, on when I was showering. What song? The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. Uh, yeah. You know what? My brain immediately went to, why don't you just meet me in the middle? Oh, but, you know, I got two uh, girls. So, you know, that's I'm hearing that yeah. a lot more in the Jimmy Eat World these days. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not going to shit on this movie. It's, it's just not for me. And um, I'm glad uh, that you guys enjoyed it. And I mean that sincerely. And and I can see how, um, Paul, that you'd identify with it a lot. I, I get that. I get those themes. Uh, yeah. So I won't say anything more negative, I, but I gave it two and a half stars. And there it is. The end. Well, Paul... <laughs> Well, now that I know that Zach hates me <laughs> and my life. And finds you absolutely dull and boring. No. Paul is interesting. I am I am Brie Larson from this movie. Uh, the art school reject who has lost so much to the 9 to 5 world and uh, doesn't feel like they deserve love. Mm. Yeah. Me and Brie Larson in this movie. We're the same person. Maybe Except you have talent. Her... No, I'm, I'm not going to say anything more. Except I'm not as attractive as she is. Mm. Um, and I could never land Mama Do. <laughs> God, he's got a great smile. 
Uh, yeah, it's going just going to top for me. Uh, I I like this a lot, and I would cast Joan Cusack and Bradley Whitford as my parents too. Uh, apparently, Samuel Jackson decided that he was just going to be cast in this movie, and Brie Larson was like, uh, "Yes." <laughs> now I wonder if they already had the knowledge of Captain Marvel before. I, I mean, I'm going to go with no. Probably not while while they were shooting it, but I think definitely by the time that it premiered at yeah yeah Toronto. probably by the time it came out and premiered for sure yeah but before going into the movie yeah they probably didn't have that Captain Marvel tie and which wonder, makes it even cooler. I wonder how much Samuel Jackson had to do with her getting cast as Captain Marvel, having right. been in this movie with her. Uh, I, I'm. Cautiously optimistic about the Marvels because I loved Miss Marvel. So well, I know it's not gonna be as good as that. Let's let's put the kibosh on that. There's I didn't no say way. it was gonna be as good as that, but it, it I just want it to be good. You know uh, what? So do I. <laughs> but I've wanted every MCU movie to be good here lately, yeah. and it has just fallen short and flat every time. I I, I, need, I need to get off the Marvel train. Um <laughs> I like this movie a lot. Top of her rankings. Uh, I want to see something else from her. Please, somebody give her movies. I, I agree. Like, I think this is beautifully shot. I think Brett Paul like, did an amazing job shooting this film. I think that there's a beautiful visual style here. and I want to see whatever else Brie Larson has to offer me, including the Scott Pilgrim anime that's coming out now. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> How? How they were even able to land everybody back as the voice cast is beyond me. I don't know what the budget is on this thing, but good Lord. Between everybody's schedules, I just don't even see how they were able to make this Uh, even possible. Must uh, speaks highly to the movie, I guess. Yeah, must must speak highly to the the experience of making it. Right. That. More so than the movie itself, because I think the movie is a little over. I like it, but it's a little overrated. No art can be overrated. This man, except for the unicorn store. <laughs> no, you're. I, I said no art can be overrated. Zach Zach loves the word overrated. Oh yeah, it's his oh, no, favorite word. <laughs> it's not my favorite. I just defend it sometimes. His favorite word is Caitlin. Mm, true. <laughs> um, big booty redhead. Big booty redhead. <laughs> I need to get on. I need to get on track here. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking. I, I saw something with a big booty redhead in it. Now I'm trying to remember what it was, but I don't need to remember that at this moment. I need to wrap up the fucking show. So uh, we're gonna call it here and travel. Let people know where they can find you on the media social. I'm at the same place I was at last week on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm also on the Twitter and the TikToks, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-E-K, where you can also find me on the letterboxes. And it's a shame. It is a real shame that we only have two Cruz Spielberg films. Like it's only two? Or the World's in Minority Report, Report. right? Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. And those two were kind of back-to-back, you know? So for Spielberg, one in between, maybe? He usually does the uh, the two and th- two three movies in two years, and O two was my neighbor report. And Catch Me If You Can came out in the Oscar season because yeah, O one was um, AI. So uh, nothing in O 
03, I believe. So 04 was the terminal. 05 would have been War of the Worlds. So mm-hmm. he had at least two films in between there. And what was his other 05 film? Oh, mascot of the podcast, Zaphod Brox. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, we yeah. need more because... Damn, Minority Report still holds up. That could have been made. That could have came out now, and yeah, I would it, be fine with that. So good. So, so good. much of it was shot around here, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom Cruise is just so good. I don't know how he's so good, but he's just uh, so good. It's all those things. Baby blood. I just, I really don't know what it is. I don't know what point he, uh, like, Mission Impossible is probably the point where he was like, I'm going to make these crazy over the top big budget movies and they're all going to be fucking fire <laughs> but the dude tom cruise just never misses man for me it's insane zach where can people find you could find me being sad because <laughs> paul is a unicorn in my heart and i love him <laughs> uh you find me on critic or zach master x-a-k-k-m-a-s-t-e-r tiktok house havoc letterbox searching my name the other movie i watched on the plane this week, uh, it had been since like high school since I'd seen the Maltese Falcon, so I rewatched that. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Amazing movie. What a great film! <laughs> it's like I, I was trying to remember exactly how it ended because it'd been so long since I'd seen it. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch this on the plane. I'm not gonna watch something I haven't seen before because I'm probably gonna have to be distracted by kids and stuff. So. Stuff that dreams are made of, baby. Yeah. <laughs> keep talking to somebody like that. <laughs> Now I want to rewatch that film. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, Paul. As for me, you can follow me at Shark Dress Men across the platform. Uh, no, only on the platform of TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I do shark stuff. That's mm-hmm. not that's not sex stuff. Um, oh, I was I was going to ask you if it was a sex thing. It's not a sex thing. Um, it, it really isn't. Okay. Or is it? No. Um, but you suits over there. But the stuff that I do at Father of the Fear on uh, Twitter is. Um, <laughs> but not the stuff I do is Father of the Fear on Letterboxd, but sometimes. Uh, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. And I just didn't watch anything that wasn't for the podcast. So I've discussed all the things I watched. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go see the D&D movie tomorrow, so I'll talk about oh, that. Oh, me too. Look at that. Nice. Thanks. I'm excited. Uh, the D and D fans of my life have said that it is wonderful and you don't need a working knowledge of D and D, which I do not have. I do not have a working knowledge of D and D. It is a very broken knowledge of D and D, uh, much like my broken soul from Zach hating me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Zach. No, I, I'm so I, I, no, you're not. I just have a hard time ever talking bad about something I know somebody likes. I, we know. <laughs> we know. Especially Mr. I'm coming in with the heat this week. Uh, you broke me. You can only wrong. imagine how hard I rolled my eyes when I read you saying that, Zach. <laughs> I said salt. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, oh. Okay. So, back to Great Salt Lake. Um <laughs> Salt Lick City. <laughs> so you can thank. Oh no, you can ask Zach what we're watching next week. That's that's that was that's where the, the transition came from. I was getting distracted because you were talking about sexy Twitters. I was like, oh, does never mind. Um, we're speaking of sexy Twitters. We're gonna watch a film from one of the most beautiful and adorable women of all time, 
Sally Field directs The Christmas Tree, Yay. which you can find on YouTube. Uh, uh, excellent. We'll we'll post a link there on our Twitter and Facebook. Will we though? Yeah, will we? Probably. Will we, I, I always say I will. So it might be a week so. late, but I'll do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So with that, Trav, thank you so much for producing our show. Unicorn producer. That's right. Speaking of unicorns that we would like to thank, we'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for a beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm of following your dreams and listening to your heart. Listening to your heart. So, for Trav and Zach... And Mama do a happy smile. We would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>